you thought you could get rid of him, but he is coming back to a stadium near you. And what has to happen for the Guardians to succeed in 2023? You are listening to Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Goodbye to a legend. (laughs) We're going to have a moment of silence for the one, the only, Mr. Baseball himself, Brian Shaw. Uh, If if you are listening, not watching, I did pull up his picture. I am Jeff. That's Justin. And we would love to have Brian Shaw on the show. We tease now. I don't know why my voice cracked there when I'm almost 40. We tease now. uh, Really excited. Because Shaw is, he wasn't good. The last year and a half, but I still will say in the last 20 years, he's one of their top five relievers. He's one of the greatest relievers in the history of this franchise. You and I were both one of the many things we agreed on over the years where I know we felt like uh, the minority was the defense of Shaw. And, and, you know, Brian Shaw was a fantastic reliever. So as much as we tease and as much as I've become anti Shaw just in this recent run, his first run, legitimate, great player for the Cleveland Indians at the time. Uh, so yeah, I just, uh, as much as we tease, uh, now, uh, I just want to give him his props and also say White Sox are trying to add every former potentially washed up guardian right now. Uh, is that the way of it? I mean, that, I, I, I'm not necessarily understanding the White Sox approach with this. Um, he hasn't been good in almost, he had about three good months in the last four years. And hey, I guess you sometimes need depths or depths, you need depth or rubber arm. But uh, Brian Sean, a minor league contract to the Chicago White Sox. I believe uh, I looked over at FanDuel. I think they actually dropped the White Sox win total after that signing to <laughs> 78 projected wins from like 82 or 83. It was a, it was a pretty big hit. Um, but hey, at least they didn't give him nearly $4 million. So, you know, can't, can't tease that much. What uh, what do you think Tito's reaction was when he knew that Brian Shaw was signed with the White Sox? Do you think he like had a moment of panic and and disgust, like he was betrayed, or he he's like telling him, trying to get him to undo it and trying to go see what he can do to get him? I mean, because the Arizona, or I'm sorry, the the White Sox training facility isn't that far from Cleveland. It would have been funnier if he signed with Cincinnati because if he signs with the Reds, you know, he's the same complex. You can at least get him to to just come over to the other side of the complex. What do you think? What do you think Tito's response was when, when he found out the news? Quiet weeping. Quiet just, weeping. You know, quiet weeping. You don't think he threw dark. his, you don't think he took his, his, uh, his um, cribbage cards and just threw them all over. Like, okay, I'm done. I'm getting up from the table. No more cards. No, I think, I think he just touched them and cried and, and weeped into the cards. Cause I felt like think- he was the whole reason that he got that obscene amount of money for, for that he got a year ago. He was what the third or fourth highest paid guardian last year. He was a top five paid player on that team. Or do you think Brian Shaw is pulling a Hercules Mulligan and trying to help the guardians from the inside? Um, if anybody I mean, has seen Hamilton, it, that's yes, a reference. You're, yes. you're not, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I mean he's going to do that. It just may not be intentional. Um, <laughs> you might be an accidental Hercules Mulligan, um, but 
and, and again, I do want to reiterate, I put him on in the on the all-time Guardians bullpen last year when I went through um, you know, I, you can go through and listen to last year's episode from this time. I'll just throw it out there where I debate like who's the greatest second baseman in team history. Who's the greatest shortstop. Who's the greatest. And I put him cause like a relief pitchers have only really been around since like the, I mean, you, you do have those like one or two guys in like the seventies and eighties. A lot of them often turn to starter, you know, the relief role is kind of more of a, or I should say 60s, 70s. It's more of an eighties thing. And then you just don't want to make it all closers. And again, the closers necessarily aren't great. So I made him one of the, I list him as one of the greatest relievers in this team's history. Unfortunately, father time catches up with everyone and uh, it caught up with him a few years ago. So yeah, it's going to be, if he pitches for the White Sox, it's good for Guardians fans. Could be. Yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not disparaging Brian Shaw. He had a a good run here and, was still important to this team the last two seasons, helping some of the relievers develop in the veteran role. So just yeah, having he, a little bit of fun. The, I mean, Trevor Stephan gave him credit for helping to develop um, uh, the splitter, the splitter right, last year, which yeah. became a big weapon. So, um, yeah, I was just kind of hoping he – I mean, he got a contract, so I understand why he didn't give up the ghost. But I, I was just expecting – I think he's got a bright future as a coach. Um, so I was yeah, just kind of sure expecting that news. Jeff, for the first time this week – we are opening the show without injury news. Are we sure? There's, there's not like I don't. I don't have a clapping sounder. I'm, I'm gonna see. I don't know if we have a a clapping sounder in our. Um, yeah, I don't have that in our our bed of tricks here. So there's your clap. But no new injuries for now. The there was no injury update today from Goodyear. So that's that's the first time this week. That's a good sign. We I kept saying yesterday that uh, no news would be good news. So I'm glad about that. I, I should have come up after the Hercules Mulligan reference and pulled like one of the other friends from that song and been like, but you, Oh no, you didn't hear about, um, you know, I, I think, Oh, there we go. John Lawrence. There we go. John Lawrence. I heard it's a, yes. uh, a lat injury and that uh, he kind of missed the start <laughs> of the year. Uh, maybe it's bursitis. He's got bursitis. Um, suffering from a, a bad case of, uh, of TMJ and is just not going to be able to, to start the year with the team. No, it's, it's the first day without injuries. Um, it just, it's nice to not have to say which, which player on team injury is, is gone down today. Down, yeah. Like when, when I saw Joey, Cantillo play games, pop in, when I saw Joey Cantillo pop into my Twitter this evening, I was like, Oh, you know, a lot of, and I was like, Oh no, it's just an interview. Thank goodness. Thank keep, goodness. Keep him in bubble wrap. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, we had a you know talk yesterday about we've been talking all week about the Speedo and Morris and their role and the injuries they've suffered this week. And I put out a tweet today because we talked about it briefly on the air. There's really no evidence out there that suggests that if you take an injured pitcher, or a starter who is injured often, and put him in the bullpen, that he automatically stays healthy. Like you just can't. There's no science. There's no study on that 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 show. I mean, if there is, point me to it. Maybe someone should do it. I know. Uh, Travis Sochik from the score was uh, going back and forth with me on Twitter today. And I, I really just put it out there asking people if they had anything that came to mind. Cause I couldn't think of any, um, or maybe, you know, Saris from the athletic can do it. I don't know, but I have not seen a study or any kind of proof that if you take an injured starter, if he becomes all of a sudden healthy in the bullpen, cause I see like different scouting reports from, from reputable outlets and, and, and obviously just fan speculation too, saying, Oh, well, I guess they're going to put him in the bullpen now, or they're going to have to have to shift him to the bullpen because he can't stay healthy. There is no evidence out there that suggests that if you put a starter 
who is injured in the bullpen that he is going to stay healthy. Now there have been examples. I will, I, I don't, I don't have the Twitter handles. I should have the, the people ready. Maybe I'll get this ready for later, but <clears throat> there were a couple people that responded with examples of Kerry Wood, which is a good example. He was injured a lot as a starter, became a, a, a fairly solid reliever for a time. Um, Andrew Miller was one of them. Andrew Miller was a mix of injuries as a starter, but he was also very ineffective, couldn't throw strikes, didn't really have a good third pitch, but I'll, I'll give you that one. That's both. Also, ironically, both former Indians. I'm not sure what that means. And then the third one, um, I'm trying to blank. I was talking to you. Oh, um, who was the third one we were talking about? I mean, I mentioned. I'm trying to blank on the name. I mentioned Gagne before. You mentioned um, Gagne. Oh, Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer is. Fulmer. Yeah, he was not healthy as a starter, and he has been a, a health reliever and a good one. So, and you mentioned Eric Gagne. So there was a little bit of both ineffectiveness, ineffectiveness and injury there. But, you know, those are the ones that stick out. And if you're listening and you have one that sticks out besides those, like some people are trying to say Jose Mesa. Mesa was a crappy starter. He wasn't injured. Um, <clears throat> trying to think of other guys. Someone someone tried to say, like, um, Danny Salazar, but Danny Salazar was never a reliever yeah, never either. A reliever. So I don't know. So, and – Someone said also, I think AJ Puck and there was a couple enough. other guys that haven't, haven't, yeah, Robert Stevenson, Dylan Tate, and those guys haven't been around enough to really say otherwise. So, um, but there's just not a lot of not a lot of proof out there for it. So, I think that a suggests that you can't just write guys off starters off and they get injured and put them in the bullpen. You can't just say, well, he's going to the bullpen because he can't stay healthy because there's no proof of that. So it makes no sense to give up on Daniel Spina or Cody Morris as a starter because you can't guarantee they're going to have that role. You just see what happens and go with it because uh, a lot of bullpen guys are max effort guys. And a lot of guys are, you know, it's hard to pitch on back to back days. It's just a different level of stress. So it really depends. Uh, it's really up to, to them to figure out ways to stay healthy. We've already talked about Daniel Espino's uh, body routine, how he takes care of himself. So it, there's no guarantee there, but, and uh, Travis Sochik from, from the score also brought up another good point saying that, um, Tristan McKenzie did not have a lot of healthy seasons in the minors. He only eclipsed 100 innings in the minors one time, and he threw 191 innings last year. So they didn't give up on him and put him in the bullpen. He so that's had, at least one example. It, the counterpoint to that is like he had, you know, a, a lot of that was, I don't know how much it was health in the early going and how much it was just them being very careful with arm. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. until that back injury when he got to double A and he came back and had the inconsistent velocity and then he had. Uh, you know, essentially what, like 2018 and 2019, where he had those two years. And I think a good point with all of this, that you know, to give credit to you again, is this idea that like, it's less innings, so we assume less stress, but you're putting their body actually in a more stressful role by not giving days off. So um, right. I do think it is a situation that it, it bears watching. It's going to be interesting to see, because I think it's a good point. We, I mean, I've been guilty of it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've been guilty of saying, well, hey, put them in the pen. We'll see if they can hold up. But um yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. <laughs> I think I think the underlying point is if you have a guy who is talented enough to be a starter like Espino, and can, you know if if everybody's healthy, Espino, Morris, Cantillo, all those guys are starters. They can be starters. They can turn over a lineup. They can be guys in the middle of your rotation, at the top of your rotation. There's no reason to give up on their on them starting unless you absolutely have to. The only thing I could see in Cody Morris's case is his age. He's 26. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm trying to think Corey Kluber, what was his first year? He was like 20, he was like 26, 27. Yeah. When he finally broke out, I should say. So yes. like, there's that argument maybe. And 
you want to get him in, but you can always work him up to a starter's load. It's just a matter of him staying healthy, which again, there's no role that guarantees it. So he was tw- um, his age 27 year <clears throat> was the first time he had over, uh, you know, yeah, had more than like 30, had 13 or more starts of the year. So there is still time for, there is still time for Cody Morris. And it's not, you know, with, they, with Carlos Vargas, I think they were moving him to a bullpen role because of, um, option issues too, yeah. although he just lacked control in the third pitch too. So that was that. Um, after uh, in a second here, I'd like to get into uh, what if scenario. So, what has to happen for the Guardians to succeed this year? What you know, what ha- what has to happen, or what could happen for them to not succeed? What is a successful season for them? What do they have to do to you know get to the various levels of the playoffs and just have a su- overall successful season? So, uh, stay tuned for that coming up. First, we got to talk about our good friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Uh, it's also like the midway point of the NHL season. Let's that's, that's put that both out there. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Uh, I'm going to advise you to not bet on Brian Shaw for the Cy Young or for the reliever of the year award. Um, That's my advice today. Do not bet on Brian Shaw. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You know, uh, you saying all of that, I'll throw this as a tease for later in the week. Um, I definitely want to discuss some of Eno Saris's stuff. That's what I forgot to mention in our pre-show. Um, maybe for tomorrow. There's some interesting old friend alerts uh, that pop up in some of his breakout pieces. And then there's also uh, a personal favorite of mine. So I think we should table that and uh, keep that as a preview for maybe tomorrow. I have you with no sound. You're muted, Justin. Oh, that was my fault. I said just stay tuned for tomorrow. I didn't say anything important, so <laughs> okay. it's okay. But I'm here. My my sound still works. I was just being an idiot. After all this time, I have still have issues with that. Um, all right, so pr- let's start off pretty basic here, Jeff. What has to happen for the Guardians to make the playoffs? I mean, we don't have to go you know super in detail here, but just w- what kind of things have to happen for the Guardians? What have to, what kind of things have to happen around the Guardians for them just to make the playoffs? Um. To me, the big ones are no massive regressions. You know, I think we we expect some degree. Like we love Andres, but there's a good chance that there'll be some regression there. Like Oscar Gonzalez is a chance for some regression. That, but small regression is fine. Big regression, you know, an Oscar Mercado level regression, we're in trouble. Like you know, if 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 Oscar Gonzalez goes the way of the Oscar and does that, then then that's. I mean, we do. There is Will Brennan to step up, but uh, big regression. Um, having more injury woes like last year yes they didn't have a ton of games missed but they essentially lost like two to three wins with jose ramirez's injury but other than him and savale and i mean police acts was short term and it wasn't a huge hit because he wasn't performing but they were really healthy they didn't have a lot of outstanding injuries so i think it's it's health it's no big regressions um and uh you know that uh 
that hopefully by midseason Tony Russo will be coaching the White Sox again. That's that's the. <laughs> I mean, we lost I about I mean, the White Sox. The White Sox are going to improve by five games just by losing him as their manager. So I mean, I think that's that's one of the more underrated aspects of this offseason. Uh, no, I think you know they they have the and that some of the and I think the number three thing is that you know Zanino proves his worth. Um, that him in particular is a very important signing. If Josh Bell disappoints and is closer to league average, it's not ideal, but like they can live with it. They can take that performance and it's fine. Even if he disappoints and is below league average and they, he's not worth play. Like, I don't see that happening. I don't see a world where that happens. If they have the depth to handle that, uh, Zanino has issues. They, they don't have that depth. And with Naylor, um, starting in the world baseball classic, he's not even getting all the reps he would get as a rookie that you're hoping will be like a starter sooner than later. So if I'm going to single out one guy, it's Zanino. All right. So Zanino has to, to step up and command. I think that's a pretty, pretty spot on thing there. I mean, we talked about yesterday breaking in new catchers and how difficult that is. I would agree with that just to make the playoffs. I think in general, you have to have health. I'm not so worried about the pitching pitching side of things. I think Cleveland has enough pitching to, buoy itself even if they have to turn to some of the younger starters and be aggressive with that i know it's risky to, to, to count on younger starters but we have the talent if they need to do it and the bullpen should be good too to help them out there so i, I think that's pretty good uh pitching just needs to stay the same even even though if you're going with <clears throat> cal Quantrill and, and please and savali if you can work other guys in and i'm sure someone will get hurt at some point but i, I feel good about that yeah zanino's definitely got a uh, come back healthy. I think that's a big thing for them. They can't afford to risk it on defense. You know, this team won the division a year ago with, with absolutely zero offense out of the catcher position. They've proven they can do it. Uh, it's not ideal to have two dead spots in your lineup. So I think a return to slightly below league average offense for Miles Straw, it, it has to happen, you know, because you cannot have your eight and nine spots in the lineup dead again, uh, especially because you think that maybe, like you said, Andre Simenez. Uh, could be due for some regression, and and who knows with Stephen Kwan as well. You've got a lot of young players, so these guys. I'm not saying all of them have to continue on their progression, you know. And uh, we know that development isn't linear. These guys don't. These guys develop on their own time, so it's possible to have one or two of the, or maybe even three of these guys regress, and maybe a couple more take a step forward. So, um, just got to make sure you have enough going on to balance out the regression side of things, and I think they can do that. <clears throat> Anything different have to happen, Jeff, for the Guardians to win the division or pretty much what you said? Because we just said playoffs. Uh, anything ha- different than what you said already to to win the division? No, and they- if they don't win the division, do you like their chances of having a shot at the wild card? Because obviously the that wouldn't have been the case last year. I think they would or they would have tied for the second wild card last yeah. year. Uh, no, I think it's the same for the division because I think the wild card is probably going to be just as tough, if not tougher this year. And and I think that uh, it's the, the easiest route to the playoffs is still by winning this division because you got two teams that aren't trying, a one very flawed team with some good talent, and then the Twins. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Jeff, what has to happen for the Guardians to earn a first-round buy in the playoffs? That is what, top two teams, right? No, That is the top two top teams. Two. Um, I think the 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 best route to that actually doesn't have much to do with the Guardians. I think it's a lot of what we talked about, but that the East really beats themselves up. Um, I think some of it is that that you know essentially the Astros are probably going to walk away with their division because it's really a haves and haves not. I mean, I 
until the angels show they can actually do something, I'm not going to get suckered in. And I mean, what were their, what were their really there? I like a lot of their minor moves. They did a bunch of minor moves instead of big ones, but I still don't know if that's a playoff team. So um, yeah. And it's not like they got prospects falling out their ears that they can pull up and move in. So Houston's going to have a pretty, you know, Seattle's good. Don't get me wrong, but Houston is, is the team to beat there. And the bottom of that division is bad. Uh, the other side of it, the, you're kind of just counting on the East to really beat each other up, make that a contest. You know, Tampa's going to be tougher this year with Glass Snow back after him missing last year. I think it's more about more about the opponents than the Guardians themselves. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's it's going to be look the balance division is going to be the balance schedule is going to factor in here. You're going to have to play better against other teams. You can't count on going you know, 15 and four against the Tigers and the Royals or whatever. I know they didn't do that last year, but I mean, you can't, you can't count on beating those teams up. So it's going to matter how they play against the other sides of the division or the other, other divisions as it were uh, and playing against national league as well. So I think that's going to have a big factor. And like you said, other teams, it's going to be attrition for them um, as well to get a first round by. I don't, I don't anticipate it, but um, you never know. Things could get weird. All right, let's continue up the ladder. Jeff, what has to happen for the Guardians to get to the ALCS? One round further than they got a year ago. Um, so I think Jose has to fully come back to that MVP form. I think you need him in the middle of that lineup. I think Josh Bell needs to be the Josh Bell he was for the Nationals, not the Josh Bell he was for the Padres. I think then you have two legit, you know, bats in the middle of that lineup. Um you have to see very minor, if no regression at all. Miles Straw needs to rebound kind of more of his 2021, less of his 2022 form. Um, and I, I think that if you get all of those, based on what we saw last year, to me, that's enough to get you there. Um, the next step will have more. But for me, it's more, you know, the two pitchers at the top I believe in. And the bullpen is going to be a, a huge asset in the postseason. So it was just they came a little bit short offensively. So if you get MVP Jose, you get Josh Bell at the all-star level, Josh Bell, and you get Miles Straw at a hair below average without anyone else regressing, then I think that team is a you know an ALCS team. Yeah, I think they can get back to the ALCS as is. I think that's that's a bold statement, I guess, you know, because there's still improvements they can make for sure. But I, I think also we have to be concerned, like you said, about regression. Regression is the biggest thing here, assuming they're just going to be as good as they were a year ago or um, a little bit better if everything's step forward. So, But I, I think they can get back to the ALCS, ALCS as currently built. Like you said, they they got there. I think it's the ALCS. They got to the ALDS. I'm sorry. So I think what they need – yeah, I'm sorry. What they need to do to get to the ALCS, I think they need another starter. That's what I'm going to say. I think they need another starting pitcher, whether that comes from – a prospect internally who is better than police seconds of I don't want to disparage them in any way, but I think um, you need somebody else in that rotation. I preferably someone who pushes Quantrill to your fourth best starter in that rotation. But if not someone who can go behind him, that's got a better chance. Cause I think right now, when you look at the other rotations in the, in the, in the American league, I think you may need one more starter. So that's my thing is I think offensively, could they use a little more help? Yes. But I think, uh, they need to find out who is their third or fourth starting pitcher uh, by 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 then to have them ready for the ALCS. 
Um, I would ask you what has to happen to get to the World Series, but I think we know once you get to that point, uh, a lot of it's just random variance and luck, right? So, yeah, I mean, this is, is where really I do any think. reason to go. I, I do because I think the the separator here of getting past like the Astros, who do seem to be the class of it, is kind of what you talked about. I think having having a Bybee, having a Williams step in, like having that better. Th- like I think they can get to the ALCS with Quantrill as a three. Savale is a four. I think they can do that because they almost did this past year. And that Yankees team, one can argue if they're going to be worse than a year ago with Cortez already having arm issues. Rondon has been healthy, but he wasn't for a long time before that. So again, health, you never, you can't bet on it sometimes. It's interesting to watch. And Montes didn't, wasn't really a factor. Um, but yeah, I think I think to get to that World Series, if you're going to get past a team like the Astros who have pitching depth, if you're going to get past the Yankees, that's to me that's the one that's going to be the separator to um, to get in that postseason is what you talked about in the last one. Yeah, ALCS and the World Series for sure. I think is probably both those kind of things. Um, okay, then World Series. Do you think they uh, what has to happen for the Guardians to finally win the World Series? I would say. You need Josh Bell to um, find his – I'm going to say 2021 season. I don't think he needs to have his his 2019 season where he had 37 home runs, but I think he needs to get back to his 2021 self where he hits 27 homers, has a 119 WRC+. plus. You need a Jose Ramirez MVP season. Um, you need someone like Oscar Gonzalez or um, Josh Bell and maybe – another young guy to step up. And I think you still need that additional starting pitcher and you need to hope that you don't need to add a bullpen piece. Um, I think you need a live animal sacrifice, uh, a chicken. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Jeff. Not, not, uh, not the current one. No, uh, don't do it. Don't, uh, they, uh, that's a major league reference before anyone thinks I mean that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, Held a freeze over. Um, yeah, it, it feels like that sometimes <laughs> to win. To win, you need these young players we've been talking about forever to to be a part of this team and step up. I think that's like, you know, it's it's Williams, even Espino. Like I said, I, I don't think, I think there's a good chance he pitches this year. And I think he would be ready by the end of the year. And his stuff is dynamic. I think you and I would probably both agree. You want to just talk about like best pure like pitch mix stuff you know, hardest to hit, can miss the most bats, you know, even in the majors, I think he would be a top five guy. Just like, you know, for a one inning thing, like Class A is, is probably the number one guy they have in that way. Um, and that's because I think he's, he's Class A has a chance to be a Hall of Famer, like with his stuff. I know that's not what I'm supposed to say this early on, but like mm-hmm. that's, I, I think it's legitimate. And I think, you know, uh, we should be excited for Class A and he probably doesn't get enough chatter because he's, he's a reliever, but he's really... That Corey Kluber deal, my goodness. But Espino outside of him, might, yeah, it, like the Corey Kluber might be the Bartolo Cologne, which is funny when you look at like the, the trading the aces. Um, I mean, even Sabathia gave you Brantley and Lee gave you Carrasco. So they've done really well with that through the year. Clevenger's mm-hmm. return. I mean, it's, um, but yeah, I think those young players like Espino, Bybee, Williams, you know, maybe it's Rocchio if, you know, uh, if Ahmed doesn't struggles. I mean, I think people forget because he, he was really good in the middle, but he struggled at the, the end and he was terrible for the first month of the season. So it's like, um, 
essentially when straw was good he was bad and then when he got good straw was bad. like they almost completely switched so it's uh, you know can those guys step up maybe valera is able to contribute i like oscar gonzalez i think you give him every opportunity to play but i don't think there's anyone out there saying that gonzalez has the ceiling valera has like the ceiling is just so much higher. It's, I think seeing those young guys getting another breakout performance like you got with Quan um, from one of those young players is going to be the separator. On top of everything I've already said, you know, the, the pitching improvement, the guys stepping up. Yep. And as we wrap, wrap the segment up here, uh, reads they can miss the playoffs. I would say, I mean, we talked about regression. Definitely could happen for them. I, I'm not so worried about injuries. I mean, obviously, a Jose Ramirez injury would be devastating for them. Um, Josh Bell, I think no matter what happens, is an upgrade over Owen Miller last year. You're essentially replacing Miller's at-bats with Bell, so I'm not so worried about that. I think what really keeps this team out of the playoffs is um, Zanino defensively or Naylor defensively. If they if they lose anything defensively on the catcher spot, it's going to hurt them. I know, I know Hedges wasn't fantastic throwing out runners last year, but it's going to be more important this year, so I think uh, catcher defense, if that takes a major hit for them, it could be an issue because it's going to be a big issue this year. Uh, it's going to be something to watch this year. And uh, I think just the Twins in general. I know people are going to say the White Sox you know, should, could win the division. They're good enough. They might. For me right now, it's the Twins. I think if the Twins um, play more like they did early in the season, they don't fall off at the end of the season, could keep Cleveland out of the playoffs. I think it's more of what other teams could do versus what could happen for Cleveland because – Whatever things could happen to Cleveland. We talked about regression and and how that's that you know progression is not re- linear, development's not linear. They could all take a step back, and that could that could um, impact things. And I think, like I said, I think you have enough people to offset that if certain guys do take a step back. But I would say um, reasons they can miss the playoffs. I think it has to do specifically with who else is in the division. See, I think it's health. I'm gonna disagree with you for once. Um, I, I think it's on you know, if well, that's implied health is if it's, implied. If it's closer to like the 2021 season where listen, at some point we know Savali's gonna get hurt and miss time. Like that's gonna happen. Like, how much time does he miss? Uh does Plesak do something dumb again? Just call a spade a spade. He does yeah. dumb things. It's it's unfortunate, but he does dumb things. Uh if Bieber misses significant time, like if that happens, or if Tristan McKenzie, who we talked about, his health has been pretty healthy. Um if he has an injury, like all that stuff, uh, it, to me, it's it's the starting pitching because, you know, a year ago, everyone was telling me how when I was like, ah, I wouldn't trade a starter because we don't have like proven depth. And people are like, oh, we have all of these guys. And, and the list of players they told me who could step into that starter role, a lot of them are no longer even with the team. So it's yeah. starter depth is always hard. Uh, you don't have it until you're proven to have it as much as I love the young arms and system and think many can be great players. Um, I do think until it is proven, you don't really have pitching depth. Yep. That's why people say there is no such thing as a pitching prospect sometimes as well. We're going to talk about uh, pitching prospects and how they are being ranked uh, coming up in just a second. As we close out today's audio portion of lockdown guardians. All right, fan graphs, I shouldn't, you know, there, there are more top, this isn't just fan graph specific, but there are more top 100 prospect lists coming out. There are people updating top 100 prospect list, and uh, the injury to Espino has caused some fallout in terms of his ranking in those. So <clears throat> he took a, t- a tumble in one top 100 prospect list. He took a uh, tumble in both, really, because early on it seemed like he was going to be the best in one of them, and 
Um, so two, at least two prospect lists that are out. He took a big tumble. Not really a surprise, but you know, you mentioned to me before we started today that we kind of bake that into our rankings internally, not a top 100, but internally is the reason you and I both agree that we went with Bybee and, and Williams and Espino, or at least Bybee number one, was um, we baked in that injury risk as well. So it's just interesting to see, like, Oh, am I on list wise? I don't. I don't know where this Spino's. Yeah, it's me for once. I'm having the internet okay. issues for for a change. Um, but it's interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting to see where other people were banking on Espino coming back to full health this year, and now he has has fallen off on some of the lists. I just think, uh, like I said, you and I 100% baked it in. Like I said, we talked about beforehand. Uh, I understand dropping him to some degree. Because you're, you're, but like at the same time, he just hasn't. What has changed? Um, he's still kind of the same guy he was um, before this information. There's still the same injury woes and concerns. Uh, I think, like I said, we we put him where we put him because we we knew there was neither of us felt 100 comfortable with it. So uh, I I get it from one degree, but. I also want to take a moment and give us credit for being like, no, we just, we, we decided that that was something you have to consider. And I think it's something you do have to consider. Yeah. Um, I got a, a message from a friend today on Twitter talking about the pickoff rule too. And this was an interesting way to talk, uh, bring it up. And he said, um, have the catchers and the man and the dugout handle the pickoff rule. Don't let the pitchers determine when they're throwing over. You know, have them look over, but have have the catcher make the call on the pitch com when to throw over. Let the dugout also dictate that as well. Let them pick up on player players runners leading off, and let them pick up on the tendencies there, and let them make that call versus letting it take over a pitcher's head about when he had you know having only having two times to throw over, and he has to get him out in the second try and you know, just holding the runner in general, let, let the catcher and the dugout take care of that uh, because they'll be able to see it from a better angle in the pitcher and, and can maybe focus on that more. And you free up the pitcher a little bit from that. What do you, what do you think about that? No, I agree with that. I think in some ways, maybe the best way to just head it off in addition to all of that is like, Hey, don't throw over him unless we tell you. So like, cause I mean, how easy is it going to be to forget? Like that you can't do it anymore. I mean, we all right. go it. We all have those moments where we're used to doing something a certain way. I mean, how many times have you autopiloted on your drive home and not even thought about it? I think, and I'm sure people are like, oh, you can't do that in a baseball game. I'm sure at some points you kind of do semi-autopiloting. I think in some respects you might do it best when you're on autopiloting. You're not thinking about it. You're not overthinking. You see it, you pitch, you react. You're just in a reaction mode. I can see being very beneficial so drilling into these guys and be like, listen, we'll alert you when to throw over might also prevent the, I mean, essentially the, the free base, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. what you're going to give guys. So um, it, it, I think it's just smarter to do it that way to whether or not um, it'll be easier, but uh, just from more the perspective of uh, helping take that off a pitcher's mind. Like, okay. Cause it's, like I said, I think it's me. I, I think early on, you're see a lot of free bases from guys just like, ah, oh, I forgot. Like, how, think about when Manny Ramirez can count out outs, and now imagine someone like him as a pitcher, and just how many times he would throw over without thinking. Yeah. 
All right, as we wrap up today's show. So we got a good response yesterday from uh, everybody who we asked about a Lockdown Guardians Fantasy Baseball League. So right now, between uh, Jeff and I and then six others, it seems like we have a couple people who are interested, and they say they have friends who are interested. We are up to eight people. So um, eight's good. If we if we can, if we we can have to do it with eight, we can do it with eight. It's, you know, more is always fun. Um, but I think eight is more than enough to run the league. So we'll do it. We can do it with that. But if you are interested, let us know either, you know, on Twitter or um, on YouTube comments. You know, any other way you can get a hold of us. We'll have to figure out something else there. I don't know. Um, you know, we can create community somewhere else as well if you're trying to get back to us if you don't use Twitter, which I know a lot of people don't. So if you're interested, we're not going to start it yet, but we're up to eight. There's no real limit. Maybe we'll go to as, five, as high as 12, but I'm okay at eight. But uh, thanks for your responses on that. I think we'll at least have that. And, you know, let us know if you're interested. We'll do that. And then Friday, if you are going to be in Arizona for the start of spring training, um, this Friday, the 24th, is the Jim Pool golf outing. Remember, Jim Pool is uh, dealing with ALS, unfortunately. Uh, very disappointing and ugly uh, disease. He will not be able to be in attendance, but uh, they are going to try to have him, I don't know, remote in. or I'm not sure they're going to handle it, but it is 250 per golfer. It is in Superstition at the Superstition Springs Golf Course in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, registration at 9 30 in the morning uh 250 a golfer thousand for a foursome 125 for the dinner only and it's going to benefit the als cure project for jim pool there's going to be a live auction a happy hour the tournament uh a dinner a silent auction all that's all that good stuff so um help out a former indians player if you are going to be in arizona for the start of spring training anything else before we get out of here jeff no, I, like I said, I just think uh, some of the Unisera stuff will be fun for us to talk about tomorrow. So again, I'll just tease that for tomorrow's show. Um, a player I've been very, very, two players that I'm very high on made his uh, 10 young MLB bats to watch for breaking out. So right. I'm, I'm going to just say that now. So that's going to be fun uh, to, to get into. All right. Well, if you are listening on the audio portion uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you downloading, reviewing, subscribing, all that stuff definitely helps out. And we are glad to have you uh, listen to us banter about the Guardians and baseball, even when we're having internet connectivity issues <laughs> night after night, depending on which one of us is having the better night. Um, we appreciate that. And if you are not watching on YouTube, uh, head over there. We're going to talk about a couple extra things in the after show on YouTube. And if you are, uh, stick around before we get to that uh go go guardians go <laughs>